I am, I'm guy. recording now. Here we go. This, this guy. This, this freaking guy. <laughs> well, at least they didn't have to hear me go find beers. That's right. They didn't. That's That was special for the live people. Uh, welcome, yeah. everybody, to Beer, Bourbon, <laughs> and Balderdash. <laughs> This is so much Balder Dash. I did the thing again where I didn't um <laughs> I didn't hit the record button. If you were listening live, you got to hear all the shenanigans ahead of time. And thankfully it was only like I don't know, four minutes of nonsense. Maybe a yeah, little more. And and thankfully we don't have recorded us trying to figure out where beer to drink. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I'm not gonna go through all that Leavenworth nonsense. If you wanna if you want to figure that out, I'll just send you to the website. Oh, uh, Balderdashers, tonight we're drinking a wonderful Icicle Brewing Company German chocolate cake that John is drinking warm. <laughs> and I'm drinking semi-warm because uh, it's in the basement. And Yeah, uh, so we had a little bit of a miscue, and I thought I thought you had this one beer specifically, and turns out you didn't, yeah, so I, I, and I, I don't, don't have them all. So I don't, I don't keep them in the refrigerator, because I don't want people to accidentally drink them. Yeah. Oh, you have lots of people over, huh? So I have like, I no, not really. Uh, but like, we did have Helen's birthday party this Saturday, and oh. it's really easy if they're all like stashed in one spot to just be like, these ones are no go. Yep. Um, they know I'm a famous podcaster, and so I just say they're oh. for the podcast. Famous. We'll not get into that. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Icicle Brewing Company is a great brewery if you're ever in Washington and want to go up to the mountains. It's a good place to go, but it gets really busy in yeah. the summertime. Go in the off season, like the shoulder seasons. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's that's the best time to be up there. That's everything, isn't it? It's like it's too accessible. Yeah, and it's too many Teslas there. Too many Teslas too and no Teslas. charging stations. But it's kind of a fun. If you want to know the history of Leavenworth, just go to leavenworth.org. This is not the penitentiary. This is the yeah. little town in <laughs> central Washington. Yep. They have hot schnitzels. That's right. And we're drinking their German chocolate cake ale from their Dark Persuasion. I don't think I yeah. mentioned that. I wasn't sure if I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very delicious. Uh, super dirty. They yep. use uh, lactose to make it sweet. It's mm-hmm. really malty. Yep. Almost no hop flavor. Yeah. They use a hop that I've never heard of called Pato. Pato. Yeah. P A H T O. P A H T O. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, ale with natural flavors added. It says, please recycle. Yep. And brewed with rich coconuts. It kind of reminds me of the uh, coconut porter from Black Raven. Yeah. 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 It's pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. I can get down with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that, like, I mean, before you realized we weren't recording, I said this then, but the fact that I'm drinking it at room temperature and it's still pretty good. Says a lot. That says a lot about the beer. There's yeah. like that's when it warm when beer warms up. That's when like the bad things start to the esters, the bad smells. They start to come out and they can't hide behind the cold. Yeah, because like why you're supposed to drink Coors Light when the mountains are blue, so you can't taste it. Yep. So you just guzzle it mm-hmm. right down the gullet. Uh, well, um, so John and I've been gone the last couple of weeks. I've been on yeah. a epic road trip with my son. John's been enjoying uh, his wife and her family and. All the great stuff over PVD, not in that way, John. Mm-hmm. Not in that way. And oh, yeah, uh, that way. <laughs> well, her family too. Wow, you guys get down, <laughs> get down over there in Rhode Island. Yeah, they're weirdos. Yeah, and we uh, we were going to uh, do an episode right before I left, but I just I just had too much to do. My mind was not in the right place. I was kind of stressing out because we we're packing up his um eleven year old Volkswagen Jetta. 
to uh, go on this 2,000 mile road trip. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. And uh, got great gas mileage. Well, here's something important. So when his car, his car is a hand-me-down. It was Dana's car um, for a long time. And then we gave it to him when she got a new car. And it uh, it only had, because Dana's commute is like 10, 15 minutes, it only had like um, 76,000 miles on it. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. So when it got closer to getting near 80, I took it to Hans Volkswagen here in West Seattle and just had him do the 80,000 mile tune-up. So they change all the spark plugs, check everything. They go through the whole car. Mm-hmm. So I knew that when we took this car, it was going to be like a brand new car because it all went over. Everything's fine. We had all the brake vacuum stuff replaced because that needed to be replaced. And, you know, just cars get old and you just kind of replace that. But, you know, a tip for people who are looking for a used car, if you get a used car that's over 80,000 miles or just over 80,000 miles, first of all, be sure they had the 80,000 mile tune-up done to it. And if they have, you have a great car for at least another good 10 years. Before oh, yeah, you need to sure. do anything like that. So, um, but it's funny because going down a very steep mountain pass into Jackson Hole, um, <laughs> I don't know what came over me. I thought, you know, I'm going to check the paperwork from Hans Volkswagen and just make sure that <laughs> they went over all the brake stuff too, because it was such a <laughs> steep incline. And Nathan's driving. Right, so he doesn't have a lot of experience going over mountain passes. Is it, is it a manual or a? No, automatic? it's an automatic. Yeah, and uh, they said that the brake pads in the front were low and need replacing, and that the tires need replacing because they're old. I had forgotten that because it had months ago that we had the tune-up done. Because mm-hmm. the tires are like ten years old. Because Dana didn't drive very much on them. Yeah. So they thought you know need to be replaced. Ah, they're so, fine. They're fine, and they actually ended up being fine. They have, you know, drum brakes in the back, which were perfectly fine. Those didn't need to be replaced. So I was like, we're good. And we it's didn't really have... really mechanic talk for give me more of your money. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we only had one moment where the TPS came on and then went off. And that was it. The whole entire trip. You only got one TPS report? Yep. Only one TPS report. No, that stupid tire pressure sensor on these cars now. I tell you, you if know, the tire's low. I got one on my truck that keeps like failing and yeah. it's $80 every time to have it replaced yeah. unless it happens right after they replace it mm-hmm. and then it's under warranty. And I just decided I didn't care that much anymore. I'll yeah. look at the tires every time I get in and out. Yeah. Like we did when we were kids anyways. Uh huh. You just looked at the tires. Oh, is it flat? Does it need some air? I guess I'll go check it. I mean, that's all you did. You didn't need something or like, telling you. I feel like there's so many, this happens a lot with a lot <laughs> of different things like cars specifically. There's so many like lights and sensors and warnings that mm-hmm. people are conditioned to not pay attention to what the car is doing yep. or the feel. Yep. Like I knew the brakes were going out of my truck before any lights ever. There's no lights that actually come on for the brake, but you can feel it. Yeah. It feels different. Yep. And if you understand Squishier. what the feelings are that you're, that are getting through, like, like even just like a little vibration in your brake pedal or when your wheels hit a certain speed and they start to vibrate, like you're like, Oh, I need an alignment or a, a rotor is warped or, you know, things like that. We're just conditioned to not think about it until somebody tells us something's wrong. Exactly. Well, that and, you know, me on brake pads, they have, they'll make a sound before they really go out. So well, they're the, supposed to squeak. They have, yeah. they have, um, um, they're not called sensors. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, they're, um, it's like an identifier or 
I can't remember the word right, but it's built into them. They're yeah. supposed to make sound. Yep. And that doesn't mean they're bad or it doesn't mean they're scraping. They're still functional. Um, I think you're at 10%. Indi- indi- are they indicators, t- indicators or something? Yeah. Are they like a 10% when that happens? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a good time to change them. Yep. So uh, for when you come back sometime in October, um, I have um, some beers that I got in, um, I think I got them in Idaho and Montana, just a couple oh, beers. Yeah. And then I got uh, some whiskeys from Montana and Idaho. Well, I'll be back in town on August 24th. Ooh, August 24th. For how long? Uh, it's a short weeks. one, isn't it? Oh, okay. But you're going to be weeks. mostly. Well, so the following, the week after that, I'll be in town working from home. And then that, the last week of the two weeks, I'll be out at, at the cabin, yeah, the cabin. working on the, on the shop. Okay. So we could still probably figure out to do a podcast. I'll just have to come into town to do it. Or you can come out and we could do one somewhere in Chilean. Yeah, that's not a bad idea either. I'll have to look at the at, calendar. At the Lake Chelan Brewing Company. That's right. Oh, hey, that wouldn't be we too bad. We could probably interview Lee if we wanted to. That's not a bad idea. I might actually take you up yeah. on that. Um, I, think he would, I think he would enjoy that. That's good. I like, uh, yeah. I want cool people that aren't going to be, mm-hmm. that'll just bullshit with us, honestly. Oh, yeah, Lee, Lee would be good. So uh, because of that, we have to find um, brands that are national that you can get on your coast and I can get on my coast because we ran out of our, our, little, ball, our little bottles. Uh, oh yeah! So yeah, now yeah. we have to buy stuff. So uh, tonight yep. we're going to use Basil Hayden, Basil Hayden, Basil Basil Hayden. Um, Basil Hayden is uh, distilled by and bottled in Claremont, Frankfort, Kentucky, USA, and uh, this is a James Beam Distilling Company product. Mm. So Jim Beam, Jim Beam product. This is kind of like their high end, I would have to say. Did um, you say Jim Bean? Jim Beam, Beam. I thought you said Jim Bean. Yep, like that's a, the knockoff brand. <laughs> yep, that's like the, a Jacques the, Jacques Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Trader Joe's version. <laughs> yeah, Jim that's Bean right. Rum. It'd be James Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and this would be uh, I don't know what's another. I didn't realize that this was a, a Jim Beam product. Did they buy this distilling company, or is they've always made it? I think they've always made this, the James Beam Distilling Company. Um, you know, a lot of these companies, they have higher-end stuff that they, they throw out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then their low-end stuff is like their classic. But I, I think Basil Hayden is considered one of their high-end bottles. It's, well, it's um, certainly not as cheap as a bottle of Jim. No, but it's not outrageously expensive either. No, it's it's not. Yeah. Uh, so this is um, – this has uh, – Sorry, 40% alcohol, so it's 80 proof. It says artfully aged. It's got this cool little metal belt around it. I don't know why. That seems like a weird thing, but some people like that. Um, the founding distiller is Booker. And, um, yeah. So, anyways. You, uh, so, the bottle says small batch. Do you know if there's, like, an actual definition, like, a requirement on labeling for small batch? I don't, but that's a good question. What makes it, you know, oftentimes, okay, having listened to a lot of bourbon review podcasts myself, uh, a lot of times this is marketing. Yeah. Because you'll buy like, oh, small match. You know, it's like, oh, then it's more unique, except it's found everywhere nationwide. So, yeah, like there's no way they're making this in like what 
you and I perceive as a small batch. Yes, exactly. Like there's just, there's no way. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's a blended bourbon, right? So it's not like it's not a single barrel or anything like that. That would make it really a small batch. Yeah. So here's an, here's an example. I just searched small batch. By the way, um, Wikipedia is not for sale, according to the Wikipedia page. Okay. Uh, according to Elijah Craig, <laughs> um, Elijah Craig bourbon, it's label, it describes its label as a true small batch bourbon before the term ever existed that produced with less than or 200 barrels or less per batch. Oh, okay. So that's their definition of it. Uh, Jefferson's bourbon says their small batch is 53 gallons. So there's no, there's no distinction as to what a small batch is. George Dickel uses approximately 10 barrels of whiskey to make, make each batch of barrel select Tennessee whiskey. So this also, okay. So here's another part of the marketing, right? So George Dickel's saying, oh, yeah, we only use 10 barrels to make this batch, but it's a blended whiskey. Mm-hmm. And they just pick the 10 barrels out of the 500 that they have to blend together to make this batch. And then they call it small batch. But it wasn't actually produced as a small batch. Small batch, yeah. It's the like small all batch the other stuff you've just labeled like, something else. Yeah, it sounds like independent distiller, limited run, yeah. you know, that kind of thing mm-hmm. where, you know, it's, it's yeah, that's... So yeah, a lot like of it's no just actual marketing. real it's definition just, to yeah, it. It's marketing. I would say it's yep. marketing, but it's delicious so marketing. So let's pop it open. All right. Oh, it's already open. But I'll open it again. You talked over the best part. <laughs> Good sound effects. There's, there's bourbon in this bottle. There is bourbon in this bottle. How did that no notes, happen? though. <laughs> The other speaking of bottles and things in bottles, the other day I was paddleboarding mm-hmm. and I saw a bottle bobbing up and down in the water with the top sticking out, and I yeah. was like, "Ooh, maybe somebody like message threw it, put a, a note, bottle. put a note in a bottle, yeah. and I, I'm about to find it." It was nice. just a half-filled Bud Light that was just floating. Oh, dirty, dirty Bud Light drinker. Yeah, I know. They probably were like, "This tastes like disappointment." Yeah, yeah. threw it out transgender beer and they threw it out in the water i'm not giving them my money yep. even though they did yeah because they drink modello that was the funniest yeah. thing <laughs> that so modello sales went through the roof it's like same yep. company like um i think you're missing the point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a really funny instagram about it where he i mean long story short um he says, Modelo's not actually Mexican beer. It just identifies as a Mexican beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, actually. It was so good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give All it right. a good sniffy. Yeah. I mean, it's bourbon. It's just yeah. sweet and caramely and vanilla. And yep. it's what you want in a bourbon. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like, it's not, uh, it's not hot at all. No. What you like. Yep. John likes it cold, folks. Mm-hmm. He likes his beer oh. warm and his women cold. Bourbon cold. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I I don't mind it when Helen's cold because then she snuggles up to me. Oh, Love a good snuggle. That's right. Good snuggle. Anyways, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> also, I'm fat, so it helps cold me down. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Sweet. Oh it's yeah, a little like a subtle bite, right? Peppery, yeah, it's peppery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fruity. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. This would be good yeah, on ice good too. Some water, 
I wonder if I have Oh, water. look at this. I got some ice for later. Oh, yeah, you do. Hold on, I got yeah, some water. I'm, I got to reach I'm over all my, I'm all prepared. my table, my podcasting table. Hope I don't aged. break anything. That's my shirt making that noise. There we go. Okay. Yeah. This podcast gold, Wes. Podcast gold. We're doing it live. Okay. I don't know why they call it Basil Hayden. It doesn't taste anything like basil. It's basil. Basil. One of my favorite TV shows is Faulty Towers. I think there was only like 12 episodes. Oh, yeah. And uh, John Cleese's character's name was Basil. Mm-hmm. And my Did niece. Did you watch Keeping nieces, Up With Appearances at no, the same time? Uh-uh. They, uh uh Or Absolutely Fabulous. Was, yeah. What was their, their last name, I think, was uh, it was something like Buffett, but they would go by Buffet. Buffet. Because they wanted to be fancy, but they weren't fancy. <laughs> anyway, this is good. Solid choice, Wes. Happy to have this on my shelf. Yeah, it's um, it's not one that I would have. I mean, it's definitely one that I would I would share with people and not be embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. I think my house whiskey has been Four Roses. Mm-hmm. I just love Four Roses. Have we done the the single barrel? Yeah, yep. we've already done the single barrel. We've done the, the regular and the sing, single barrel. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody gave me a single barrel Four Roses for as a gift for helping mm. them with. I installed some toilets. Nice. Well, that's a good one to get. Yeah. That's a good thought it was. One. Yeah. Hel- Helen helped. So um, I guess I kind of wanted to chat a little bit about um, the uh, um, the trip. Yes. Um, the epic road trip. The epic road trip. I don't know if you've been to Tetons. I'm sure you have, right? You're pretty – you go out a lot. I have. Yeah. yeah. We loved it. A couple, couple of mountains named by a horny French explorer. Yeah. <sighs> Teton. They are Grand Tetons. Grand Teton. Well, one of the one of our favorite things, uh, Nathan I don't think and I, that's true, by the way. But one of our favorite memories is as you're driving uh east in oh. southern Idaho and it's just plains forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever in hills, and very far in the distance, kind of like in a shadowy way, uh, if you will, you can start seeing them. And then it's just so fun getting closer and closer and yeah. closer because the peaks are so recognizable. And so Nathan, mm-hmm. that was I got that part of the drive. And it's not subtle, or it's not like you all of a sudden are in the mountains and you started like yeah. there's not like rolling hills and then builds up to the mountains. It's like plains and then mountains. Yep. Yeah. And then you're down in it's Jackson awesome. Hole, which is actually a very cool place. Yeah. Well. Let's let's take it back a step though. Let's like tell us where you went. So you started in Seattle, yep. obviously. Yeah, and then, and, and then, and then we ended up. I decided instead of going to Spokane and then down Idaho that we would go to Pullman and then Moscow because I've never been in your hometown. Yeah, and uh, I didn't text soon enough. I should have texted like a couple hours before saying like, "Hey, where can I stop in Moscow?" Instead, we just went in there. We got some uh, gas at the Nom Nom, which was weird. And then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, gas station. It's a gas station there called Nom Nom. Yes. It's like purple. Like that's their colors. Oh. Yeah. Did you get an empanada? No, I didn't get an empanada at the Nom Nom. And, and then diarrhea. No, I didn't want. That's the reason why I don't eat gas station food, John. <laughs> I eat gas station I don't food have all the time. Stomach for it, man. It's like my. It's like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> this gas station food. At, at one point in Idaho, Nathan bought gas station tacos. Um, like the little mini tacos that are just heated and they're probably stale and hard sitting in a little cardboard box. Yeah. There's like meat 
inside. Yeah. yeah. I think that was our, from our drive from, uh, anyway, so we went in Moscow, we took a picture in front of city hall, sent it to you just to show you that yeah. we were there. It was so good. I was very excited. And then we drove down to hell's gate, uh, campground and, mm-hmm. uh, right there on the snake river. And that was our first night. It was 106 degrees. It didn't Oosh. cool down till about 11 PM. And Nathan had basically heat stroke. So he was miserable. And, uh, like he just had a headache, didn't feel good. He basically slept in the car with the AC on for like an hour at the campground. And then, uh, finally when it got cool enough, he went into the tent and, um, and fell asleep. And then we got up the next morning, uh, said goodbye to that place. He was like, this is not a good start. And I'm like, it'll be fine. You just, you're fine. It's really funny, actually. Like kids are not good at self-regulation no <laughs> and like that's the thing that you and i would be like all right i'm just gonna drink a shitload of water and it's gonna be not great but we'll sort it out yeah i'm not gonna complain like, this, this sucks yep exactly and uh so our first stop then after that was down to boise um i thought boise was going to be nicer what what highway what highway did you take to go to boise uh, is that 95 did you so so you went down to Hell's Gate and then you went back up into Listener Cross uh over into Idaho. Well we went down and to so, we went down to Lewiston and then over into Hell's Gate. So Hell's Gate is still on the it. Idaho side. I mean you can yeah, you can take that little bridge like twelve minutes away over into was it Culver, Washington or whatever it is? Clarkson. Clarkson, Washington, yeah. Uh, Nathan had his first Walmart experience in Clarkson, Washington. That's fun. Yep, and it was everything that he thought it was. And he mm-hmm. never wanted to go back again. Yep, I don't <laughs> so, blame him. Thank you, thank you, Walmart, for making my son's dreams come true. There's a Costco there. <clears throat> yeah, I just I said, hey, let's just go into the Walmart. He was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, oh, from man. there, we went down to Boise, and um, we stayed at a uh, slightly. Better hotel than the murder hotel that Dana and I stayed at in Tennessee, <laughs> uh, but only slightly. Um, it was it was pretty crummy. We we got down to Boise. Um, we were tired, um, but we just wanted to check in. It was check in time by the time mm-hmm. we got down there. But the da- the way down to Boise from Lewiston, we'll just say Lewiston, mm-hmm. is gorgeous. It is yes, it is that highway is beautiful. Phenomenal drive it is mind-boggling just all kinds of you're you basically follow the river all the way down mm-hmm. um just canyons and plains and just it's just gorgeous it's idaho is a very very beautiful state yeah um, so for reference that's the salmon river and it's a very well-known rafting river okay so it's like, it's a destination. It's like, if you're really into rafting, it's a place that people try to go. Yeah. We did see a lot of that. We did see a lot of that, but that was a long drive. Cause it was, it was five hours. It's windy. And especially if you get past Riggins, it gets really windy mm-hmm. and kind of slow. Yeah. But we enjoyed it and we stopped in a couple little towns just to pee and kind of mm-hmm. take a look, see, but you know, there wasn't much there and that's fine. Um, but we got to Boise. We went to the airport in. I checked in. <laughs> these, these two guys that were profusely sweating um, in the check-in, uh, they were. Um, they told us, they asked if I could come back in an hour because our rooms weren't clean yet. We were, they are having problems with their housekeeping. And the, the, five, the five people German family that was ahead of me, they just got done telling too. 
and they were very mm. confused because there was some translation issues. So I'm standing there. These guys are sweating. You can tell they're very uncomfortable. They don't like giving bad news. Um, but they're telling all of us to come back in an hour and everything should be straightened out. So Nathan and I went to a, a bar a pub, um, had some food, had a beer. And then I went back like in an hour and a half. And now the toothless woman that is the, with the, the hillbilly <laughs> teeth that is now profusely sweating. Um, she was nice, but I was like, Oh my God. Um, what is happening? Yeah. She, she went to check our room to see if it was clean. Um, and then, you know, had me sign a bunch of stuff saying I won't smoke in it. And, uh, it was clean. And so as we went into the room, Nathan notices that we have a smoking room because it doesn't say no smoking room. And I was like, well, we're not supposed <laughs> to smoke in here. It just says smoking. It's a smoking room. Did you say it's called the airport Inn? Yeah. Well, oh, it's two stars. <laughs> yep. That's a pool. Well, I was looking for, uh, oh, dude. <laughs> I was looking for, I was looking for just, just a bed, you know, like a clean room and a bed. That's all I'm looking yeah. for. Cause we can go yeah. out and explore. I'm not there to spend a lot of time. So, so it was cheap. Just for reference, does the lobby look like grandma's living room? Yes. And, okay. And that's the right one. They, they offer a continental breakfast, John, but their continental breakfast was someone went to Safeway and bought a dozen donuts and just put the box out in the, on the counter. <laughs> I don't think this airport inn is doing well. Uh, come to find out, this is like the bottom tier of the Days Inn family. This isn't the best Western. No, this is across the street okay. from the best Western. Nathan actually said, Nathan actually said, there's the a best Western right across the street. Now, what's funny about Nathan <laughs> saying that is that Dana said the exact same thing when we were in Tennessee in the murder room. She said, you know, there's a best Western right across the street. And I said, well, we're already in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like someone smoked in it. Uh, it did have stains on the comforter, um, but not on the sheets, thankfully. And uh, we had a decent night's sleep. Okay. Better than the night before. Yes. So now my plan was we were going to spend a couple nights camping in um, Craters of the Lake National Monument. Craters of the Moon? Oh, Craters of the Moon uh, National okay. Monument. But that week it was going to be in the hundreds. A million degrees. And if you've ever been to Craters of the Moon, it's lava tubes, and the ground is lava, like lava rock, and there's hardly any trees at the campground, because I Googled it. So we would just melt. Oh, yeah. So instead, we decided to go to um, uh, Twin Falls. Twin Falls, I right through. Yep. Um, So we went to Twin Falls. Uh, and, uh, stayed at a really nice, uh, bed and breakfast or not bed and breakfast, but Airbnb and had a good night's sleep there and, uh, looked around the town. It was really cool. We, we stopped at some other, you know, places and stuff like that. We, we like to stop at the little towns, sat at a brewery, played some cards. It was really awesome. And then the next day we actually went up to craters of the moon and hung out and checked it out and took some photos and. But we didn't stay there. Instead, we just continued on to um, Idaho, uh, Idaho Falls. And on the way to Idaho Falls, too, we went and saw the uh, first ever um, self-sustaining uh, working nuclear plant in the United States in Arco, Idaho, the ERB-1. And it's a museum oh, yeah. now because they've obviously have, have advanced past it. 
But the history of this cool museum and this nuclear power plant is that they created um, fusion that that self-made itself, so made more nuclear power. So it, it could just generate. They didn't have to bring in nuclear waste in order to – or uranium. It, it made its own fusion mm-hmm. or fission, excuse me. Um, and so it was self-sustaining and it was so popular that engineers from all over the world came to this power plant to check it out. And that part of Arco became like this experimental haven for nuclear power. Um, so it's, it's very, very cool. As a matter of fact, if they would, if like places in that they've had nuclear failures in, um, uh, in Russia, uh, in Chernobyl and in Japan, if they would use the ERB one model or the ERB two model, they wouldn't have had meltdowns. It's like super efficient. Um, it's, it's very, very cool museum. If if you're out there, it's like in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden you come up to this really cool building. Um, you know, it's a 1940s, fifties building. It's very, very cool. It's, it's well, um, one step back. Have you ever gone to like the ape caves or down a lava tube, followed a cave down deep? No, never. So the, the ape caves that are, um, Mount St. Helens. Helens, Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like 40 degrees at the bottom. And a lot of these caves at Craters of the Moon, they're the same way. If you hike oh, to the really? bottom of them, they're really cold. So that's kind of the irony of like, I'm not going to stay there because it's too fucking hot. Yeah. Well, you can't camp uh, in the caves. <laughs> no, you can't. And the, and nearby, there's the Shoshone ice caves that mm-hmm. actually have ice in them all year round. Like they're just frozen. And they're out in the middle of like the desert. It's kind of crazy. Well, anyway. We, we did go to one um, mammoth caves mm-hmm. on the way there. And you basically like a mile off the highway down a dirt road, you come to this man-made structure, a couple man-made structures. And what I mean by that is like, it's like archaic. It's like, like stone, like stone structures. And it's a natural history museum with a self-guided cave tour. They basically give you an LED lantern and say, bye. And you go down into the cave yourself and you check it out. And that was a lot of fun. It was a little spooky, seemed a little weird, you know. I was like, oh, we might, we might die here. I was telling you, I was like, you know, this, this seems sketchy <laughs> enough that we might die. So just be prepared. And it's um, funny. There's a lot of that kind of stuff around Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty typical. So like to me, it's not weird. <laughs> it's like someone in the middle of nowhere. The guy looks like he might be inbred. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, yeah, that, that'll be $2 per person. I yeah. have $2. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Stuff like that. And you're like, well, okay. And Ethan's like, this is weird. I was like, oh, you might die, but you know, whatever. We had fun. Um, and then it was Jackson Hole to the Grand Tetons, which had great campgrounds. Um, Jackson Hole is a cool place too. Like, yeah. I get it that it has a reputation for being a little bit fancy, but it's like kind of weird. Yeah, how, like steep the canyon is, and there's this little town at the bottom of this. That's super popular. Mountain. Yeah, it's just it's packed cool with people. And great brewery there. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, um, and the brewery was the uh, roadhouse brewery, fantastic food and, um, fantastic, uh, beer. And then from there we went into the Tetons, great campgrounds. Um, we had a really good night stay. I wish we could have stayed longer. I think I, I definitely want to do this trip again, but like stay a couple nights in the Tetons and at least three nights in Yellowstone. So after the Tetons, oh, yeah, for, for sure. we made our way up to the Yellowstone and uh, just had a great time. We, we did all the highlights cause we, we were, you know, we, we only have 10 days, so we can't dilly daddle cause we still got to drive our way back home. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so we saw all the cool sites, Old Faithful, lots of other of these uh, geysers. We saw Grand Prismatic. We saw Hot Springs. We saw bears. We saw buffalo. Um, we saw all the nature things that you're supposed to see. It was, it was a very cool place. And it was nice for um, both Nathan and I to be able to experience that together as father and son. And, you know, and some of the things that I really appreciated that he said on the trip was like, I want to take my kids here when, you know, when they're old enough. And, you know, so he's already, you know, imagining, dreaming, like this is possible, a thing that's possible for me to do with my family. I'd, I'd love to take my family here one day. And that was, that was actually kind of a cool thing to hear. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And then, uh, we went to Bozeman and, uh, had a great time there. I actually liked that town. And then we took the, went up to Missoula. We tried to find a ghost town, um, but because we took Nathan's car, a lot of these ghost towns are in the middle of nowhere in the mountains um, and off I-90. And uh, they're roads that are no longer maintained <laughs> by the county. So as we started going up this like really steep incline of this one ghost town, like you can hear the rocks like banging at the bottom of Nathan's little Jetta. And he's like, dude. I'm like, you want to turn around? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like one lane rock roads. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's try to turn around. So I had him get out so I could like back it up and not fall off the cliff. Um, so we didn't unfortunately make it to, to a ghost town. But if we had a four-wheel drive or if we had anything that was a little higher, we probably would have just sucked it up and made it. <laughs> and then we hung out in Missoula, went to Spokane, came home. It was a wonderful trip. Lots of beautiful scenery. Lots of cool things to do, man. Did you know there's a portion of Idaho that that is part of Yellowstone Park that they say theoretically you could get away with murder in? No, tell me about that. Told everybody. What is it? Yeah, so like so like if you look at the map of Yellowstone, there's like a 50 square mile section that is in the Idaho border. Okay. And no one lives there. Um and so it's it it's it's governed by Yellowstone which falls under Wyoming law. Yeah but it's in Idaho where nobody lives. So if you committed murder there and you invoked the right to trial by jury of your peers, there's no peers to try you. So they couldn't hold a trial for you. Is that, you is that around the, there. is that around the, uh, like, like below the West Yellowstone entrance? It's, uh, I, yes, actually. Yeah. It's like, right. So Idaho kind of, kind of makes a, it's not a boot, but you yeah. know, it's got the narrower part. It's like a strip from the top, border that's only a couple miles wide down the edge of the, the border of Idaho and oh. then cuts over, but it's a real small portion, but nobody lives there. And so there's theoretically, if you committed a crime there, there's no, no way they could try you for it because of the way our constitution is written. All right. Well, for our serial killer balderdashers, there you go. Yeah. That's where to do it. So <laughs> I will never be traveling there. Well, I found out actually on this trip too. I can't remember where um, I heard it. But, you know, the Oklahoma panhandle was once considered no man's land in which there was no law governing that panhandle. Oh. And so people committed all kinds of crimes. If you went in there, you're most likely to die. Um, it was just this weird little, you know, 5,700 square mile piece of land called the no man's land. No weird? There's a little fun that little history things like that that you can find out as you go along and and I mean, even as I was researching Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons, I mean, the fact that, you know, people go disappear in the national forests all the time. Um, I mean, it's uh, like, uh, 
let's see, Yellowstone, 53 people go missing on average in Yellowstone. Like never, never to be found again yeah, that's, per year? Yeah, that's from the, uh, the, the SAR incidents by U.S. National Parks. Mm, they're probably mostly tourists that got trampled by buffalo. Or, or instead of getting a backcountry permit, they just pull over to the side and they start wandering around the backcountry and get lost is what mm. I think. No one knows where they are. No one knows where they went. No one knows anymore. Yeah. So the, the most recent data from 2017, there were uh, 3,400 reported search and rescue missions and 182 deaths in all of the American national parks. But a lot of people said that those numbers were really, really low because a lot of people don't report it and that the, the search and rescue reporting is like really, really poor. Like it's mm. not a good reporting system. So they're kind of lazy about it too. Um, but uh, I also found out that all of our national parks are 84 million acres combined. It's a lot. Which is larger than Finland. Mm-hmm. And just a little smaller than all of Germany. Which is it's America. That's we fantastic. Do everything. We do everything bigger and better and with more. And then there's one state that does not have a national park. Oh, uh, one state that does not have a national park. I'll give you Rhode one. Island. No, I'll give you one hint though. It it is in your area, geographic area, that mm. part of the country. It's not massive two shits. It's not massive two shits. Is it? It's not New York. No, they have uh, Vermont. No, it's Delaware. Oh, Delaware. Oh, they, that's a state. Yeah. That's right. And they have, yeah, yeah. They have uh, national historic sites. Oh, but they're not like national parks. They're not parks. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So they're the well, only so like, that doesn't yeah, have it. Oh, yeah. So everything that, they, I mean, it's small and most of the national related things they have mm-hmm. are monuments. Yep. They probably are just not classified as national parks. Yep. I thought, I thought some of the national monuments were in national parks. Maybe they're just run by the national park system, but they're I think not so. actually national parks. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, if for our uh, foreign listeners who probably know more about this than we do, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one, one weird law that I, I saw while we were traveling, um, you, you cannot, it's considered rude and it's actually illegal to make fun of or harass animals while they're breeding. Yeah, so neighbors <laughs> stop pointing and laughing at me. <laughs> so, so there's an actual federal law. I don't know if it's illegal here. That if you see deer or elk or bears or whatever doing the the business in front of you, and you laugh at them, or make fun of them, or make fun of their wiener size, um, that it that's a federal law. That's illegal. That's very strange. It disturbs them. So, what was what was the most unexpected thing? I mean, outside of Nate. Admitting he wants to have children uh, <laughs> on your trip to <laughs> uh, came across. The disgustingly overwhelming beauty of Yellowstone. Everywhere right. you look, it's like a painting. It's like, it's hard to handle mm-hmm. to be around that much. Just everything looked like. Like I wanted to stop everywhere and just take photos. And I'm like, no one's going, no one cares about that. It's like, I just want to soak it in, but it's, it's overwhelming. So to me, that was like the best is, is, yeah, was, for sure. it was just overwhelmingly beautiful. Like you could just, it's, it's so hard to explain without being there. It's like when I went to the grand Canyon <clears throat> for the first time and I just stood there and was like, 
oh, like the smallness <laughs> of, of who I am compared to this large gouge, you know, that goes on forever <laughs> is just, I don't know. So let me ask you, if you had the option of seeing something like Yellowstone that is gorgeous and like one of the most photographed areas in the United States mm-hmm. versus seeing something that might be considered slightly less picturesque, but nobody really ever sees, what would you choose? Well, it's hard to say. <clears throat> That's a great question though. It's hard to say. I don't know. I, I, I would keep it a secret if I knew if it was, it was a secret, you know, like I would keep it like, Oh, this is like a private beauty. I don't want it. I don't want this to be spoiled by lots of people going, wow, this is a really cool place. I'm going to come here all the time. That would piss me off. I mean, Yellowstone is, is so vast and beautiful that you don't mind sharing it with everybody. Cause it's just so overwhelming to you. It's like, I couldn't hold on to this if, if I tried. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a, that's uh it's what tricky, right? Because like, think? like you want to experience those things that are just like awe-inspiring, which Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon and some of these places really are. Yeah. Uh, but to me, there's something really special about experiencing something, experiencing something that nobody else really ever does. Yeah. And so, like, I don't. It's not really a fair question because they're both amazing experiences. They're but they're different. They don't. It's not like do you like strawberry ice cream or chocolate ice cream? Yeah. They're like they're just different. Yeah. Um, Neapolitan and a lot of it's very personal too. So <laughs> like you, so you, you drove through a little town called Riggins, which is like the mm-hmm. seat of the rafting on the salmon river. And just past Riggins, there's a series of boulders that are painted like ladybugs. Right after that is a right-hand turn that goes up into the mountains to one of my favorite all-time backpacking places called seven devils. And there's these seven rock spires that are very tall and you can actually see them from, the the Lewiston grade. So like as you're coming through the plains and you drop down into the valley right for Lewiston and Clarkston, you can see them on a clear day and it's really far away and they are spectacular. And a lot of these you can't get to on easy trails. They're rocky, there's gaps, uh, but you get up into these high Alpine lakes and you see these, mm, yeah. these seven devils, he devil, she devil. And um, it's just, it's gorgeous. And it's one of those places like some of these, the, the trails are so primitive that, Sometimes you're not even walking on a trail, but if you know it's there, you can get there. And I know that not that many people get to see something like that. Yeah. And to me, that's really special. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it to be spoiled, but it's also like, it's also beyond like getting spoiled and that like, even if people knew it was there, it's so hard to get to. Yep. People just don't go. They have to have the effort. So it's a 20, yeah. there's a loop, seven devils loop. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah, a yeah. 27.9 mile loop trail mm-hmm. that takes 14 hours and 53 minutes to complete. Yeah. So it, that trail, so it's an overnight, right? Is, it is an overnight. That main trail is a horse trail that will take you to some of the larger areas, but there are some like not on the map trails that will Back take you stuff. to like, if you're looking at a map, there's a, there's a, a lake called mirror Lake mm-hmm. that from the parking lot you can get to in 45 minutes if you really work really hard, but you're not following a trail. You're just kind of like, I know the direction is that way. There's the saddle. Here I go. And some of it's really sketchy, but it's so satisfying getting there Yeah, and staying the night there. You're like, there's nobody, people don't stay here. There's not like regular campsites. Um, so to me, that's really special, but I guess it's, I guess short story long, it's not a fair question. 
Yeah, it's not a fair, but it's it's fun to think about. I mean, yeah, I like it's I like the too. Thought. It's like <laughs> I do. Th- I guess I like. It's a tough question too because like the the altruistic person in me is like I think everybody should experience this, mm-hmm. should have one of these moments where they're just like this is spectacular. Like the they just want to sit down and just soak it yeah, in. Yeah, just enjoy it. Like the yeah. sun coming up in the Seven Devils. Like it's Central Idaho. Summertime is always clear. It never rains. It's yeah. like the high desert. The lakes are crystal clear. Like you can see the trout swimming. Um, there's uh, snow fields in the middle of summer. It's just gorgeous. Um, and I think everybody should know what that feels like to sit there and just be, it's kind of like going to Yellowstone, except you had to work for it. Yeah. Um, if everyone could experience that, I think they would have a better appreciation for nature. The problem is people are shit. <laughs> and if we made this accessible, they would destroy it. And they would just drive up and go, wow. Yeah. And just drive off. And leave their garbage behind. And leave their garbage behind. So what right? is it? What's like, the national forest called? Nez Perce? Uh, Nez Perce. Nez Perce. Okay. Nez Perce national forest. Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it was actually, a, so one of the, one of the regrets that I had uh, just because of time it had nothing to do with, with Nathan either, but it's just because of time is that we didn't have a whole lot of time to really like go on trails, do any kind mm-hmm. of hiking. Cause by the time we get to a campsite, we're like tired, you know, and, yeah. and, and the next morning we just pack up, we go to the next spot. I mean, it's just that kind of situation that we were in, which was fun. And I already had that in my mind. This is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. but what it did drive me. And, and this is one, you know, even just looking at this and, and listening to you talk, John is I want to go do it again. And then like, stop and be intentional and go hiking mm-hmm. up some of these trails and seeing some of these things that you can't see on the road. Right? Yeah. You have to go. Well, you like to change your strategy, right? Like mm-hmm. you stay somewhere for the night. Like if, especially if you're going to do a hotel, yep. stay in a hotel, get up early, stay somewhere in a hotel near where you're going to go, get up early, go hike for the day and then drive through the evening. Yep. You're tired, but you can make it work to me. That would be a little better, but I'm with you. Like, on a Helen and I's road trip, one of the things that we kind of wished is that we had another day or two in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. We found I like the Flagstaff. most beautiful campground camps, not even a campground camp spot we could possibly could have. And we could have used a couple more days there exploring. It was really fun. It was one of those spots that we had and we had no idea. Yeah. And I think like with the road trip, like you did, you, you kind of expect some amazing things, but you also have no idea. Like it's an adventure. Yeah. I mean, it's never been there before. Special, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came back so and I, I told I Dana, that. I was like, RV, like, let's grab an RV. Let's rent one. Let's go down there. Let's stay at the campgrounds and we'll just explore the hell out of places. Cause mm-hmm. I know she doesn't want a tent. I know that she, I know that she doesn't want to lay in a tent on an air mattress or something like that. I know she doesn't want that hassle. Um, and because honestly my back was jacked by the time we got home, I was like, Ooh, and we had, oh, you know, decent air mattresses. There's, there's solutions for that. But an RV would be perfect because then you could just pull off the side of the road and stuff. And, and all the mm-hmm. campgrounds were just immaculately well kept and bare boxes. And it seemed really easy. Like it makes it really easy. But mm-hmm. I would just go explore. That's what I would love to do is just go and hike and go down to lakes and fish and all those things that uh, just because of time constraints we didn't have. But I'm glad we got to see all the things that we did. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to spend that time with my son. It was well, well worth it. Wow, I love it. Yeah. Um, one place that would be um, a really great place to go to and spend a lot of time is in Idaho is the Clearwater <laughs> National Forest. 
it's not a national park, it's a national forest. Um, and it is the largest, it's the largest area of land in the United States without roads. Oh, really? It's 4 million acres of roadless wilderness. Wow. And it, and it is spectacular. And it was, there was like a mini gold rush in Idaho. And so there's like a lot of small trails and, um, there were some like roads built not on purpose. Well, on purpose, but like not sanctioned sure. to get to some of these areas. And it's awesome. Cause you'll be out there hiking and all of a sudden you'll come across an old gold mining camp that has like the old sluice boxes and equipment. Oh, and they just some, left there. Every, yeah. Every so often you'll come across a uh, <laughs> wire attached to trees on insulators. And if you follow it, it'll take you to a camp and that was their telegraph wire. So sure. they communicated. Yeah. So there's a lot of that shit out there. It's really cool. That is cool. Uh, I think it's really cool, but you have to like be willing to go out and explore and bushwhack a little bit. And yeah. It's fun. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd like to do more of that. Um, and maybe I will. If, we all? if uh, I don't know if you play mega millions, but tonight is the $1.25 billion mega millions jackpot. Oh, I didn't play tonight. I probably should have. We have a policy that we play if it gets over 500. I, I was just thinking too on my way home. I was like, damn it. But I was already running late. I was like, I need to stop by 7-Eleven and go get me some. I, I might still have time. I don't know what time they actually do it. But it is $1.25 billion tonight. Do you know how you know how quick I would build our friend compound? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know how immediate. quick I would fund your friend compound if I won? I'd be like, we well, got to fund this it. thing. It's our, friend, it's our friend compound. I know, but I would fund Don't it. Don't worry, you're taking care of it. Where would you put it? Wherever you wanted it. John, you're the architect. I'll just uh, be your financier. Uh, nope. Helen's the architect. I'm the builder. Okay. And so wherever Helen wants it. <laughs> wherever Helen wants it. <laughs> wherever Helen wants it. What do you think about that? Oh, man. What else would you do with $1.25 Obviously, you wouldn't get that. You'd probably get like $700 because you'd do lump sum, uh, right? Um, I, I would take half of it and invest it in mutual funds. Yep. That's a that's a office space reference. Anyway. Oh, I didn't get that. It sounds good. Yeah. Well he's they're like, what what would you do if you had a million dollars? And the, the Indian guy uh is like, Well, I would take half of it and invest it in oh, mutual right. funds. Yeah, like, yeah. And they're like, You're missing the spirit of the question. Like, what would you do? He's like doing responsible things and people are like <laughs> Uh, and that's when the, the Diedrich Bader character, uh, Lawrence, co- goes, i tell you what I'd do. <laughs> oh, Two yeah. Two chicks at the same time. <clears throat> yeah. That's so funny. Well, here's, I don't know if you remember this great interview. Uh, this is uh, this is a few years back, but maybe you'll, maybe you'll remember it. I love this guy. We're here at the line where people this are guy's doing answer. It, uh, the old-fashioned way. They're just filling out oh, bubbles yes. here. I want to turn some of these people around and ask you guys, sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? Uh, I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Uh, those are your lucky numbers. Can I tell you what? Do you know your chances of winning? Slim to none. Slim to none. You're right. Let me tell you, it's <laughs> one out of 292 million. What do you think about that? I knew it. You knew it. <laughs> your, your numbers are lucky, though. Am I right? I hope so. I hope so. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay. That's not good. <laughs> we were hoping for a different answer. That's probably not the answer that we're looking for. Classic. Classic, classic. Yep. That's one of my favorites. I love it. That's a Dietrich Bader. He, he, he says uh, two chicks at the same time. Diggs, Diggs dude chicks with money. And I believe if I had a million dollars, I could hook that up. <laughs> the other guy says, well, not all chicks dig dudes with money. <laughs> this is like the best line. 
Well, uh, kind of chicks, kind of chicks that <laughs> double up on a dude like me do. <laughs> there is a guy that has won the lottery seven times, um, and uh, they asked him like all kinds of stuff, nonsensical stuff, where he just kind of shook his head, stuff like, "Well, what are the winning numbers that you always use?" And he's like, "It doesn't matter." He's like, "Just don't let the machine randomly pick for you, because mm-hmm. it'll it changes like the set every time. So if you let the machine pick for you, that's." your, your chances are lower uh, or worse than if you pick numbers. Cause then you'll kind of keep them in a set. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said three things. If you win the lottery that you're supposed to do, get a good attorney, a good accountant and get a good financial manager. Mm-hmm. Those are the first three things you need to do because there is yep. story after story of people who are just in ruins they go bankrupt. Yeah, like real quick. They go out and buy fancy cars and houses they can't afford because uh, no one ever thinks of the taxes that you have to pay on houses and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So they just blow it, and then they have nothing. And this guy's like, dude, get an attorney, an accountant, and a financial mm-hmm. planner or manager. That's all they you do. They always say, like, like, sign it, take a picture of it, put it in a safety deposit box. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I tell you to do is not let, like, there are ways to conceal your identity. And that's like the best thing you could do. Yeah, don't let people know. You you don't want people to know that like you all of a sudden have all this cash because they're like, it's free money. Give me some. Yeah. Like, hey, you got you got enough to spare. Yeah, everyone comes out of the woodwork for that. But there are a handful of people I would trust to be like, look, I'm gonna share this with you. I won the lottery. Here's a million dollars. I love you. Yep. But you don't even have to say I won the lottery, just like, hey, I want to help you out. So a lot of people have done stuff like that. Like there was a guy who gave um this waitress a $10,000 tip because he knew prior to winning the lottery that she was struggling with her son who was going through chemo mm-hmm. uh, and he wanted to help that out. Uh, there's the story that was uh, eventually turned into a movie by Nicholas Cage where a police officer wanted to split with a waitress if he won the lottery. Oh yeah. I think it was like, it could happen to you or something like that was the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, it wasn't a romance thing in real life, even though they turned it into a romance thing in the movie, but um, so there's lots of, of those kind of stories, you know, where people do honestly good things, but your chances of winning are one in $176 million. So you're more likely to get killed by a vending machine, which is one in 112. <laughs> also an avoidable death. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a Darwin award of death for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're dying from being left-handed and using a right-handed product incorrectly, which is one in 4.4 million. I don't know if you know that. Uh, well, I'm not left-handed, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Being killed by a flesh-eating bacteria is one in a million. Uh, Thanks, Florida. Yeah. Struck by lightning, same thing, one in a million. Drowning, one in two million. Drowning specifically in a bathtub is one in 840,000. Dying in an on-the-job accident is one in 48,000. And being murdered, in general, is one in 18,000, which just seems... Seems like uh, that's America, man. <laughs> One in eighteen thousand. So chances you know, of being murdered have is. Like, you know, other countries have warnings about traveling to the United States because of their high murder rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're the not safe country when we think we're this like beacon of hope and wonderfulness, and yeah, our murder rate is really high. Yep, but becoming U.S. president is one in ten million. Yeah, well, we know miracles can happen. Yep. Uh, one in uh, fi- uh, 1,500,000 is becoming a movie star. 
winning an Academy Award is one in eleven thousand five hundred. Finding oh, so out it's not that's not that special. Yeah, no, it's not. Finding out your child is a genius is one in two hundred and fifty. What if you don't find out they're a genius? Then they just are. Yeah, well, then you beat them for no reason. And then dating a millionaire is one in two hundred and fifteen. I bet the odds significantly improve if you're only interested in dating a 10,000 air. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm totally a 10,000 air. Yeah. I'm a 10,000 air too. So we're in that club. Yeah. That's good. Killing it. Killing it. Yeah. And uh, being hit by a meteor is one in 182 billion or trillion, 138 billion, 880 million. Mm-hmm. If so. you got hit by a meteor and it didn't kill you, you could collect that meteor sample and sell it. Yeah, and then you'd be a millionaire. Millionaire, yeah. Not a billionaire, though. That's Maybe a 10,000 air. So uh, of all the draws since 1996 in lottery, here are the most common numbers. 31, 17, 46. This is all the draws since 1996. 31 has been drawn 261 times. 17, 261 times, 46, 256 times, 20, 254 times. So these are the most common numbers. So there is a bit of a, you know, uh, these numbers do pop up more than any other number, which Mm -hmm. I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, The least amount numbers is the number um, 2, 20, 1, 21, and 15. They've, in the last... uh, since 1996, those have only been drawn uh, 20 times. Oh, that is significant. Yeah. So so if you play these kind of averages over and over again, I mean, you're most likely to hit them or hit something. Yeah. So there is there is a bit of a and, – and it's supposed to be, you know, super random and all that stuff, and I get it. And that's why people say play your own numbers and sometimes beyond – yeah. birthdays, but yeah, play your own well, numbers. So, yeah, so the problem with playing your own numbers is people tend to choose significant times in their lives, mm-hmm. like birthdays, and it like eliminates half of the numbers. Everything's yeah. below 30. Yeah, yep. And you're missing on like the 45 or 6 or 67. Yeah. And they extended it recently. Now it's like 70 numbers. Oh, really? And who has who has a number, a lucky number between 60 and 70? I mean, yeah. other than 77, 69. 69. Hey, yeah. yeah so, but if, you, but if you got 69, you don't have to worry about winning the lottery. You already got lucky. Hey, that's true. Hey, that's true. Why won't they <laughs> do was, 69? That I was like pretty it. good. I yeah. thought that was pretty no, good. No, it was great. I agree. The delivery was even good. It didn't take me a long time <clears> to think of it either. <laughs> that's good. Well, we haven't drank enough. slower these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't drank enough. That's, that's for sure. So, and that uh, is your second bit of sex talk for the night. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> well, you know what that means? We are at uh, 58 minutes, Johnny. Was it time to close up shop? Yeah. It's about that time. Ooh, that was really loud. That's all right. Okay, there we go. Yeah, we well, were just waking Tim up. Yeah, that's right. Tim, Tim, stay with us. Tim, Tim, Tim. Uh, well, folks, thank you so much. Balderdashers, thank you very much for listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. This is episode 68 on your dial. Well, and, uh, next time, uh-huh. we have Dr. Ruth on. <laughs> That's right. It will be 69. It will be the sex talk. Uh, so come back for next week uh, when we, we do the sex, sex talk. Yeah, we'll do sex talk. That's fine. 
Um, and uh, this is a value for value podcast, like I said a little bit earlier. So uh, if you found any value in this, any value whatsoever, uh, give it back to us. You can uh, use it like Fountain FM or any kind of modern podcasting app. And if you have a, a wallet like with Albi, you can send us some Satoshis. And you can even do that just by sending us a comment. Hey, I like the show. Hey, I want to add this. And we'll read them on the air. Um, also, if you have bourbon suggestions, beer suggestions, something that you'd like to hear us drink, um, send those suggestions. We'll go pick it up. We'll go try to go find it. Um, JT's been doing that. He sends me pictures of beers and, and bourbons uh, that we'll have to try next time that you and I are face to face in town <clears throat> and maybe even have him on and he can introduce that. And that's, that's another beauty oh, of the yeah. value for value thing is, is that, uh, you know, maybe we'll call you, we'll put you on the zoom and you can talk to us about why you enjoy this bourbon and beer. We can do all those things. So Balderdashers, uh, give us a shout out. Uh, let us know what you think. And if you like the show, tell other people to listen to this show. Uh, it's only an hour long. We try to keep it short so that you can get on with your life, but hopefully John and I have given you some kind of entertainment, something just to kind of uh, let your mind relax from all the nonsense of the world and, and laugh with us. Um, which is just basically what John and I enjoy doing anyways, is just talking and laughing and having a little something to drink. So thank you for joining us in the bar and doing that. Yeah. Okay, good. Thanks for your input, John. <laughs> Appreciate that tonight. We had Icicle Brewing Company, German Chocolate Cake, Ale, uh, and the Basel Hayden uh, Whiskey uh, Bourbon from Kentucky, Jim Bean. Hundred percent agree. By the way, uh, also if you've had some epic road trips, we'd love to hear about them too. I know Wes and I have talked yeah. about ours. What's the best place you've ever been? Yeah. That's or a good what's question. the place that you've gone to that you don't want to share with anyone else? Yeah. And don't tell us where it's at. Just describe it. Well, we'll do. We'll do, we'll do. Uh, this is off the record, but we'll record it and broadcast it out to our eight listeners. There you go. There you go. So, anyways, <laughs> thank you, folks, so much for listening. And uh, I'm Wes Olson. John Harrison. It's me. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Bye.